Hello and welcome to another Christianity A to Z podcast. We're very glad that you're listening today. And uh, my name is Tom Sweetman. I'm an assistant minister at Cornerstone Church. I'm here with Ben Reed, who is one of our assistant ministers, and with Pete, who is our senior pastor. And uh, we are looking at the letter H in our Alphabet A to Z series. And we're going to be considering the topics of heaven and hell. Uh, this is only one of the resources that we uh, put up. You can go onto our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org, and you can have a look at resources and sermons, blogs and articles there. You can go onto our social media channel and see various events that we're putting on. And you can also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure you never miss one of these episodes. So we're on the letter H, heaven and hell, and we're going to start as as we as we always do, really, with a with a verse from the Bible, um, just to help us by way of definition. And Ben's got a verse for us, haven't you? Yep, I'm just going to read uh, a few verses from Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus is talking about sheep and goats. Uh, so first of all, the first section is going to be from verse 31 to 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then uh, verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Lots of of stuff in there, really, isn't there? I mean, these these are very, very serious issues. And I think um, whereas everybody quite likes the, the concept of heaven, um, the concept of hell is, is is another issue, and you know I think I get that. Mm. It, it's it's a, it's a huge thing, isn't it? That we we have this gospel of love of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, coming from the Father in the power of the Spirit to rescue uh, sinful people, and then we're also talking about this idea that there is a place called hell, where people eternally are away from that good news and um, are under the judgment of God forever. So it's, it's, these are big issues. Mm-hmm. So I think when you, when you come to issues like this, you've got to be very careful that we don't just sort of interpret what we like and our sort of cultural upbringings mm-hmm. into the Bible. We have to listen carefully. And Jesus is very clearly in this passage and many other passages we could read saying there is a separation of people. There are two places. There is the place for the righteous that will be with the Father, and there's the place for the the wicked, the unrighteous, that will be away from the Father, uh, and they're both eternal. Mm -hmm. So the word that is used in verse 46 of Matthew 25, where he says, go away to eternal punishment, it's eternal punishment, is the same word, but the righteous to eternal life. Mm. So you can't really get around the idea that there's just a sort of an annihilation hmm. uh, that, you know, God says, okay, you're not in eternal life. That's the end of you. You, you don't exist because the word eternal punishment hmm. is eternal punishment is there. And so that's the first step. Mm-hmm. I, I need to submit to Jesus. He knows better. 
before I start judging him mm. uh, with my sort of ideas. Mm. And to remember, as you say, that when we're discussing these issues, that we're not just talking about statistics, are we? No. We're, we're talking about souls, you know, real conscious people who will live forever in one of these two places. Um, and that is a massive thing. And I guess one of Satan's deceptive strategies is to try to get our eyes off that and just to think it's all just about this mm. life. Or um, The other thing I think you see here is that dividing lines fall around Jesus, don't they? Mm. Um, G- Jesus is at the center of this judgment. Yeah. And, um, you know, what will be uh, asked on that final day of judgment is is how did we respond to the Lord Jesus Christ and how was that seen in the way we interacted with his people, you know? Um, and so um, another just perhaps obvious but worth saying um, myth to get rid of is the idea that um, our future depends on our own works in some way that mm. you know if I'm a good enough kind enough person um, then God is the God is the source of God who would want me with him in heaven because I was such a nice person um, and if I'm a sort of bad person then I'm going to go to hell um, but the, re- the reality is that it's how we respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't it did we repent of our sin did we believe in him uh, did he die our death take our hell rise again for us, that that will be the issue, whether we belong to him with the sheep or away from him with the goat. So Jesus is at the center of this judgment, isn't he? Um, which is another thing. Yeah, other things we learn, Ben, from here? Um, sort of follow, picking up from what, what Pete was saying um, and also what you were saying there. Um, we, I think we, when we think about this, we're disturbed by it, aren't we? Mm. The, the concept of hell. And that's probably the correct response um it is the correct response really it's a disturbing thing to we we, we're made not to be eternally away from god we're made to be eternally with him um so to to conceive of an eternal future away from the father is a is a really disturbing thing Mm. and you can see why we jump to to things like annihilism is that it annihilism annihilation annihilation um where we like a Dalek annihilate yes there's going to be no more that's right yeah so to sort of extinguish suffering i think yeah. we, we we want to yeah. euthanize people in hell don't we yes um because we 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 are disturbed by it um but when we do that we almost make um this we almost make jesus redundant and what you know why is he separating and why do we fall on one side of him or the other um you you kind of make that whole process meaningless in a sense um because they in one way they all fall on mm. the same size otherwise mm. um and then who is jesus anyway and why is he important but um you know we're not told loads and loads and loads about hell but you're right tom that it it centers around and pivots on jesus mm. and so he's he is the person we should be listening to mm. when it comes to talking about these things mm. um and he as we've said, uses these words, uh, eternal. And it's a proper, it's a, it's, it's a proper understanding of Jesus that we need to help us with these doctrines, isn't it? Because yeah. um, one of the reasons we do find hell uncomfortable, I think, is because we don't recognize how serious it is to sin against mm. God. And we don't realize how sweet and perfect and wonderful our creator and our savior mm. is. Mm. I think um, that's right, yeah. And the thing is, when you read the Bible, you see that God is just and the punishment always fits the crime. You know, And so uh, to sin against our wonderful creator is, is the crime that is so serious and so awful that it warrants the worst of punishments. 
Um, the trouble is we think Jesus is like an app which you can either download and load up or not mm. um, and have him as part of your life. Um, but the Bible just presents him as this unimaginably wonderful, perfect being. And to turn away from him is the most serious of things. Mm. Um, and a failure to understand Jesus doesn't just mean we can't understand hell. It means we can't understand heaven. Because one of the one of the one of the misconceptions that people have about heaven, and actually you see this in other religions like Islam as well, is that heaven is really the good gifts that God can give, but not God Himself. Mm-hmm. That God just basically gives you some of the pleasures you denied yourself in this life, or He reunites you with your childhood dog or something, and then He leaves you to get on with it. Yeah. Whereas what makes Christian heaven heaven is that Jesus is there. Um, and you see in the Psalms, you know, at your, you know, in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand, the pleasures forevermore. You know, it's, it, it's being in the presence of God, which, which makes heaven heaven. Yeah. Um, and, and so an, a proper understanding of Jesus helps us with both of these, doesn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's understanding who, I think we have a, a very weak view of the, of the holiness of, of God. Mm. Uh, we have a weak view of the utter sinfulness of sin uh, uh, and the destructiveness of sin, and we have a weak view of what the cross was about. You know, mm. Why would Jesus go to a cross mm. if um, if people didn't really need saving from something horrific? You know, mm. why would he cry out, "My God, My God, I'm abandoned"? Mm. If uh, if if there wasn't this horrific thing he was saving us from? So mm. uh, these are very important doctrines and very somber and serious. And I think. You know, the Holy Spirit through his word has has given us words like torment and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's interesting, isn't it, that the the words, the descriptive words about hell are mostly from the lips of the Savior, mm. the wonderful, loving, compassionate Lord Jesus. Mm. You know, he's the one that uses words like weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, he's the one that talks about eternal fire. Now, I guess that the Holy Spirit put those words in his mouth because not because there's necessarily, you know, human bodies burning in a fire, but but they're so horrible, uh, the thought of that, uh, that the warning is, hey, you know, this is serious, really horrific stuff that people, you know, you'd, you'd be wise to listen and be warned. Just pivoting from that, that not understanding Jesus and, and therefore the severity of hell. Um, this, I think, not understanding Jesus and what you were saying, Tom, about the, the pleasures of heaven will be the fact that we're with God in his presence. Mm. Uh, if you don't understand who Jesus is, then of course heaven's boring, isn't it? Mm. A lot of people think heaven sounds boring, like a very dull place to be, um, because all they can imagine is the average things they've got in this life going on and on and on and on mm. um, with no kind of progression, just sort of reaching the end of everything. Mm. And But if you know Jesus, you know he is God himself who is infinite, who has no end, and mm. therefore you can never reach the end of him. Mm. Um, and so that's when you you can start to get excited by, by heaven. Mm. Um, I think that's so important, mate, because... Mm. Because without Jesus, it, it just, you know, when people, I remember watching a, a debate that Christopher Hitchens, the atheist who died now, was in. And he, 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 he was going against Christianity because of that. The idea of living forever is so boring. Yeah. That why would God subject anyone to that? That's a kind of hell in a way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of course, but if it's just a slightly improved version of this life, then yeah. it is. 
because we're not made to find our max in created things. And so if it's just created things, then they will be exhausted. But mm. if the creator is there and his people are there and we've got stories of grace to hear forever, then there, there will be and can be nothing boring, nothing boring about that. Um, I think if uh, we, you know, the definitions in the Bible of heaven, we probably need to mm. spell it out. We, we've just been really talking about the new creation, haven't we? So I think the word heaven is used in sort of different ways. Mm. And I guess uh, we, we are here really talking about the whole new creation yes. when the body is reconciled to the soul and mm. uh, and uh, and not not just the place of heaven where we go when we die or where God is seated on the right hand, uh, where Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father, but this this whole new creation. Mm. And I think the the problem uh, that that modern people have with heaven, we have this very Buddhist idea of uh, sort of vaguely going into nirvana that our souls are sort of in this soul land, which is much more like ghosts. Mm. Um, And yet what Lewis does with the whole concept of heaven or the new creation is is to show that 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 place is, is, uh, this place is the shadowy land. And that place is the 3D, you know, um, uh, IMAX uh, yeah. uh, living because that is where we are back to where we should be in the presence of God, walking mm. with him, talking with mm. him, ruling the universe. And so if you've got this vague idea that the body, you know, separates at death from the soul, soul which it clearly does, and we're just like ghostly beings in a ghostly... Yeah. You know, like the Harry Potter ghosts that are yeah. half... <laughs> carrying their heads. Carrying their of, heads, yeah. and they're sort of half alive in one sense. Um, that's the opposite. Hmm. And so when you come into the New Testament, it focuses, and, you know, the book of Revelation focuses on what we are going to be like in heaven. We're described with these, like a br- the bride of Christ and... Uh, we're described as people from uh, every nation. Mm. The, 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 the sort of banquet there is of foods from every nation mm. and there's a uh, fresh river of life mm. and there's uh, fresh fruit every month alongside the rivers that are being produced and uh, there's creativity and you are becoming what you were created mm. to be. Mm. So you'll be more than you ever have been before. You really will find yourself mm. as you are in the presence of the living God. That's mm. the new creation. That's wonderful. And Lewis yeah. is just so good on that, isn't it? The Shadowland stuff is fantastic. It's because even the best oak tree that you would see in this world mm. um, is only a shadow of what an oak tree, <laughs> you know, the, the great oak tree that yeah. will be seen. And uh, and I mean, in the in his book, The Great Divorce, he you know, he's he's got such powerful imagery to try to describe some of these things i think when when he goes to hell the character it's like a, it's a huge kind of sprawling ever-growing city and uh, it's got all these residents in it but as soon as they move into a house they fall out with their neighbors mm. and then they have to move house again and then they move into a new house to find that they despise their neighbors in that house yeah. and then move to another house. And the city is just getting bigger and bigger yeah. with angrier and angrier people. Um, and it's just, you can imagine, grey and the city is just sprawling out with these angry people. And um, mm. It always know, remind me of Melbourne. 
Right. <laughs> but when I've said that, Australians get really annoyed. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, okay. because it's a massive, sprawling city. Yeah. Hours, you know, yeah. big roads and Drop everything. us a comment if you're yeah. listening from yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although yeah, there's Australia. sunshine in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and so, so there's that. So, okay, so that's that's good, isn't it? So we've talked we've talked about some of the, you know, the, the realities of heaven and hell, tried to describe some of those and the significance and centrality of Jesus to, to, to both of those. Um, let's talk now, I think, about how this doctrine makes a difference to our lives. I'm sure you may have heard the saying, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good, <laughs> you know. Um, go on, did you want to come back yeah, to no, something I, else? Sorry, yeah, go I on, let's come back. We've yeah. given some kind of description of the new creation yeah. of, of what we would call heaven in this beauty and, and, and we're more than we, we're going to be more than we yeah. are now because we're back to the new creation. I think it is worth just saying that hell is really the very opposite. Yeah where there is just a, a continual destruction of darkness. I mean, like you say with the, with the, the picture of that city, but, but it is a collapsing in on itself. It's where there is nothing bigger than me, mm. where I'm not uh, going to sit under the rule mm. of, of God, anyone greater. or And so there is this sort of the, the, the apple picked off, off the tree that is just continually mm. decaying. And that's the language Jesus uses. Isn't I remember it? a sermon once when you, I think you talked about a log in the fire. Um, do, you, do you remember that illustration? And, and it's sort of, you, you can still see its yes. form, yeah, but it's turned to ash and yep. it's crumbling in on yep. itself. And you touch um, it and it all yeah. turns to dust. Yeah. yeah. And that dust never goes away. So, you know, the, we think the log is burnt up, but it's not. It's just turning into something yeah. else, and we're turning in on ourselves. Mm. And that's what you you see, don't you? Both heaven and hell starting in mm. this world mm. in, in many ways. The righteous are beginning to bloom. Mm. They're, they're looking to, even though their bodies are physically mm. collapsing, yes. they're looking forward to the new body in yeah. the new creation. Whereas uh, the world, as it as it tries to find itself and look within and turn it away from God, us, it's becoming it? yeah. dehuman. Yeah. People are having sex changes. People are broken and suicide and uh, depression and all yeah. of that is sort of turning in on it on, on themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think the other thing, perhaps worth saying, is that that um, you know people people in hell, um, you know, are 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 angry. With Christ, yes, um, yes. and so I think a wrong understanding of it would be that hell is full of people who who now love Jesus and are desperate to be with Jesus yeah. and want to come back. Actually, yeah. uh, I think the gnashing of teeth thing is is not only sort of anger at missed opportunity, but but ongoing anger at Christ and His presence and His holiness and um, a sort of growing hatred, really, of all that He is. So. Um, that's worth that's worth having in mind. Yeah, in, in Revelation, um, they're cursing God. Mm. They're carrying on continually cursing mm. Christ. Mm. And so there is no repentance. Mm. So, uh, uh, you know, th th they've, they've become what they've given themselves over to. Mm. Or, or, yeah, and, and I think the other thing, sorry, just about hell, I, I know you wanted to move on, but um, we, we sort of have this idea that, you know, um, people are, are banging on the door of, of yeah. God and saying, let me out of hell, let me into heaven. Mm. No, they're not. Mm. We, we, we don't do that. Um, it, we need to be rescued. Mm. And uh, people are, are, are turning from the rescuer. So it's back to Christ, isn't it? Mm. You're saying, if you say no to Christ, you say no to life, to joy, to love, mm. uh, to peace, 
to eternity. Mm. If you're saying no to Christ, mm. you're then saying yes to no peace, no love, no joy, uh, no light. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. So it's all around Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, well, I forgot. No, what no, no. Answer. It's fine. No, it's important to you know to get get a proper understanding of these things. Um, and as you say, you know, there, there's so much actually in the Bible about this, and particularly in Jesus, and He uses all that language to to help us uh, get a grasp of it. Um, I was just wanting to to talk about how it makes a different how it makes a difference practically. So so maybe I'll say a few things, and you can choose which one you'd like to <laughs> like to go for. Um. So how how does it make a difference uh, to our evangelism, this um, this doctrine? Um, how does it make a difference to our to the way we approach suffering? Um, you know, in in ministry life, in church life, how how does this how does it help us to overcome uh, difficulties in ministry, and how does it help us to persevere? Um, you know, do do you find yourselves in your own you know, devotional lives, if we can use that language, think, thinking much about heaven and hell. I mean, is it something that features largely in your in your minds day to day? Um, anything on just practical outworkings, really? You can pick one of those or two of those or something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, from perhaps a discipleship point of view or even an evangelistic point of view, um, Satan is always in the business of making hell look like the place to be and heaven the place not to be. Uh, and so people people generally don't, not want happiness and love and peace people want those sort of things trouble is that satan has lied to us and told us we can find them in the fruit Mm. and apart from god um in fact in direct competition with god who tells us not to do things so that's that's a perception of christianity isn't Mm. it that it's a bunch of rules and and then satan comes up to you and says oh did why did god give you that silly rule you you know if you take it really you'll have a much better life so Mm. Part of our part of our work in discipling people is to help them to understand where real joy and peace and happiness uh, and satisfaction lies. Mm. So it's not in the things that you might currently think in this world. So, um, you, you know, you could have told me, seventeen-year-old Ben, with a girlfriend who just wants to experience the joys of mm. um, sexual pleasure. Mm. Um, ben, actually, that's not where you'll find happiness and all of those sorts of things. Um, but actually, you'll find them in God. And in in how he's designed things to be. So um, pastorally, it's 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 kind of tapping into what people want and then recalibrating them and saying these things that God's put in you that you want, you find them in Him, mm. and Satan is lying to you and telling you you can find them apart from Him, which is which is untrue. Mm. So it definitely shapes our attitude to the things of this world, doesn't it? And it challenges our materialism, I suppose, doesn't it? Because um, you know we, we're so prosperous and so comfortable that sometimes we can't imagine how heaven could be better than here you know we've all got everything um and and that's why we sometimes don't want jesus to come back you know don't come back today lord because i got a football match at three o'clock that i really want to go to (laughs) yeah and so it weans us off our addiction to stuff doesn't Mm. it in this world yeah um other ways well i think um it should help us and it you know it it does to a degree but you always want to grow in these areas um when we look at our enemies or people that treat us badly uh and they die um you know i i, I do try to make myself think where where is that person now yeah. i don't know mm. and i'm not god and thankfully i'm not uh, uh, you know, I don't know what happened in the last seconds of people. And we know that Jesus is the good shepherd and he can come right up that last second and t- and take p- people to heaven. Mm. Um, 
but I, 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 you do sort of think, gosh, you know, where, where are they? Uh, um, I'm always moved at, when you look at an old photograph and you think, you know, like a hundred-year-old photograph, and you think every one of these people is in eternity. Every si I'm looking at these people. They had loves and hates, and they didn't like certain foods and loved, you know, they love cricket or whatever it is, and you look at them and think they're all gone. Um, and I think that drives you rightly to say, well, hold it, our responsibility is because I don't know who's going to be in heaven and hell, is to preach the gospel mm. and offer uh, people uh, Christ. And then also, um, you know, I deserve hell. Mm. So it's not, it's not I'm better because mm. I'm going to heaven. I'm only going to the new creation because of Christ, only because he opened my eyes, he showed me Christ and... Um, by his spirit uh, caused my heart to respond to him. So it's only of grace. So at the best moments, you're looking at your enemies even and thinking, um, okay, you know, I've done more against God than they've done against mm. me and they need Christ. And so it, it can help. Mm. Uh, when, when you're at your best moments thinking these things through clearly, mm. it helps in, mm. in those areas. Mm. Yeah, and I think with our evangelism, I can't remember if it was you who told this story uh, again, but um, about uh, the last Charlie Pease, who I think was yeah. the last man to be hanged in yeah. Britain. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I don't know how sort of true the story is, but certainly the, 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 the sort of story I've heard is that as he was being uh, walked to the gallows or, or whatever it was, there was a minister um, reading um, reading a portion of a, a, a prayer book, or and it was like the consolations of heaven, or or, or something, and he was reading about heaven and hell, but yeah. in the most bland, <laughs> dull, uh, indifferent um, sort of way. And Charlie Pease is said to have sort of listened into that and said to him, "You know, if I believed what you and the church say that they believe, you know, I I would crawl across England." on hands and knees need be if it was covered in glass to save one person from an eternity like that. Mm. Um, and that's just a sort of challenging thing, isn't it? That, that if we really believe this, um, then it, then it must lead to evangelistic, mm. um, labors, it, labors, it, it, yeah. might, it must do. And I think it is a true um, story, by the way, because yeah. I actually saw a letter from Charles. Did Charles. you? Yeah. 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 There was an exhibition that yeah, Anna, I just wasn't sure. And myself went to, um, some years ago, on death. It was called Death, mm. and, and Death and Murder or something. Mm. And it had all of these murderers, last sort of wills and mm. statements, and Charlie Pease was in was it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, yeah absolutely right. Yeah. And, and I guess if I guess the sort of the thing I find challenging about it, you know, living on a street that God has put me on next to neighbours that God has given me, you know, if there isn't some, I'm not saying you can drop this stuff over the garden fence every day, no, but no. Um, and there's relationship and process, isn't there? But I suppose if there isn't really any effort at all to try to move them towards Christ, mm. you know, the reality is, you know, either I don't believe this enough or I don't love mm. them enough. Yeah. You know, it's one of those two things, isn't yeah. it, I suppose? And, you know, if we love people and believe this, then you know, it should be our heart, even if we can't say it every day, we should be praying and trying to work towards work mm. towards it, shouldn't we? Um, mm. So evangelistic suffering, difficulties in life, how does this help us? Um, yeah, it gives, it gives um, 
kind of temporarily temporarily what's the word <laughs> yeah, they're temporary that's, so that's a fine that's word, word. Tem- temporary temporary they're temporary because um in in heaven we know uh um all of our tears will be wiped away by god himself and it will be a place of eternal joy hmm. and satisfaction as we've spoken about um and so we can kind of um we can live with hope i think is the hmm. point um yeah particularly if you uh, have a terminal illness and you're really suffering through that um, and you're a Christian, you can say, I know this isn't going to be the end and um, uh, I'm going to enjoy life again soon with mm. Jesus. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's one mm. thing, I suppose. Mm. It's wonderful, isn't it? And, you know, I know of the sort of the hospital visits that we've done together, Pete, the few, and, and when we've, or when, I mean, you've probably had lots of experience of this, when you've sat with people who are dying, you know, in hospital, uh, but they know the Lord, mm. and you've been able to read a passage with them, just confident that the well, best is yet to come, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just... I mean, the Psalm 23 uh, yeah. in those situations is just phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall not want, he'll lead me through the, you know, valley of the shadow of death. Mm. That's our Lord, isn't mm. it? Into this mm. new place where you will eat and, and drink mm. and what can atheism offer in that moment the alternative you know, i mean it's you're asking about i mean culturally if if there is no judgment um uh, sorry just going on the sort of judgment yeah. a bit if there is no judgment then then you then then your life doesn't really have any meaning mm. so so if if i if i um it doesn't really matter whether I take an old lady across the road and help her not to get run over or I boot her into the road <laughs> to get run over <laughs> if there is no judgment. Uh, I, I, I think that's, the, that's if you can ever put it in these terms, that's the good news about hell mm. because it's actually saying what you yeah, do yeah, yeah. matters uh, and pre- uh, predominantly what you do with Jesus matters. But it, what you do matters and there will be judgment. So, so it does matter whether I boot a woman into the road or I help her across the road. Mm. And it then suddenly gives significance. Now, because we're in a culture now that wants to get rid of all kind of judgment and punishment, and we, we, we just don't know what we're doing. Mm. And therefore, really, you can't say something's right and wrong, mm. really. It's, it's, it's harder and harder. I mean... The right and wrongs in our culture are becoming more and more limited just, just to a very few little things that an elite group want to want to hold on to. But does that make sense? Mm, it does, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it, that that's the sort of craving that we've all got for justice, haven't we? And, you know, we want rights to be put wrong and wrongs to be undone. And um, it, it guarantees a future of fairness and rightness, doesn't it? Um and, and and when you see these atrocities going on um, and you can't get justice in this world, mm. then we know God. God, they will, People will face God, won't they? Mm. You know, they don't just get a good way. You know, you know people like Hitler, that, that, you know, when, when they've sort of burnt themselves or whatever, you know, oh, it's really annoying because we would like to have given them some kind of justice and, mm. and, and, and hanged them or something. But actually, God, you know, they will stand before God, mm. these people, these, you know, rapists and murderers and criminals and witchcraft and all of this stuff, this evil that goes on. We're told mm. in the book of Revelation that they will be standing mm. before God and judged. Mm. Um, but we also know that whatever you've done, Christ can take that judgment. Mm. And that's what the cross is about. Mm. 
and I suppose for God's people who who are at the sharp end of that suffering, as you say, Ben, this 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 is a hope. This is a message of hope for them, isn't it? And think of that bit where Paul, you know, who knew one or two things about suffering, didn't he? Um, mm. You know, he 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 gets like the scales out before him, and he says, you know, the afflictions of this world, light and momentary, you know, the glory to come, weighty and eternal, mm. you know. So he he said, you know, it's it's a way of pastoring people in difficulty isn't it that as hard as this is mm. compared to the weight of uh glory that is coming your way yeah. um this is light and mo- light and momentary um be- be only only because of the doctrine of heaven and the mm. new creation yeah. um yeah well we're up we're up half an hour any just closing thoughts um, I was just thinking just then um that w- when we do think about hell and we find it distressing then uh, it's good to know that God himself um, finds it distressing too, in a sense. And that's why he sends Jesus. Um, there would be no rescuer uh, had God not wanted to rescue. Mm. And so he is a rescuer. Mm. Um, so to to think of God finding joy in this sort of stuff um, is, is the wrong way to think about him. Uh, he wants us to be with him and he's prepared to I mean, the incarnation is a different topic. Maybe we'll come to that on the letter mm-hmm. I or something. But um, it's an incredible thing that God himself would become a man to pay for our sins, uh, to rescue us from from hell for heaven. Uh, so just um, just to, to, to know God's sort of perspective on all of this, um, that he, he wants to rescue us from it. He's a rescuer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a quote I'm using this Sunday morning for a sermon um, where where the author talks about that, that Yahweh or the Lord um, has no fiendish delight in right. his judgment, which I think is a great, you know, fiendish delight, as if he's stepping back and wringing his hands mm. with gladness mm. as people perish, you know. Um, but then he goes on to say, um, even the fire and brimstone is wet with the tears of God. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what you're saying. You know, he, there's a there's a sense in which he delights in all that he does. Mm. But you know, if you you know, rather that they turn and live, yeah. um, and and come to Christ while they can. Um, brothers thank you very much and uh, just to remind you uh, you can subscribe to this YouTube channel we'll be talking about I next week the letter I and uh, cornerstonechurchkingston.org for all kinds of other resources to help you in your faith